I can't wait to talk about this week's episode. I guess Bunny and Friends really were on one this week. Yeah, let's have another one of our fruitless podcasts and react to some Bunny the Vampire Slayer. You're drinking Applesoft. What's that? I don't know, some kind of German spell, I think. You really lost the plot when you were writing this bit, didn't you? Yeah, guess I should have left myself some breadcrumbs. Eh? 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 (laughs) On this week's episode, the (laughs) Buffy gays dive into the occult as we recap the 11th episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 3 gingerbread we'll share behind the scenes trivia while we cast a protection spell for our friend's birthday we'll form a parental activist group with questionable acronym as we rate the episode on a scale of one to ten stakes and we'll discuss the queer themes and gayest moment of the episode as we contemplate buying a hamster wheel for our rat witch friend so confiscate all of giles books grab your best slaying snacks and put on your coat witch with your Bunny Buffy <laughs> Hello all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Zach. And we're a couple of small town gays who love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Together, we'll examine each episode of this trailblazing series through the lens of our own queer experiences. We'll dive deep into the stacks to break down each episode, share some behind-the-scenes trivia at Scooby meetings, and explore queer themes as we stand against the forces of darkness. So whether you're a first-time watcher, or you've been a fan since the old ones walked the earth, we invite you to join weekly patrols of the Sunnydale streets with your Buffy Buffy Gaze! Hey, Zach. Hello. Uh, it's like I haven't seen you in a few hours. Mm, it's been none minutes. <laughs> it's been none minutes since the last time I laid eyes on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, it's not Christmas anymore. Nope. It's all over but the crying. Hope everyone enjoyed their little holiday season. <gasps> this is our first episode of 2023. <gasps> holy shit oh my gosh we're almost on our one year anniversary oh my god it's probably been a year since i last text since i first texted you about this podcast Mm. i took a screenshot of that text like a month ago or something Mm. all right oh well we'll have a little year year celebration pretty soon Mm. but until then zach do you have any trivia to share with us about gingerbread i might have one or two tidbits one or two. So, uh, Gingerbread is our first episode of 1999, airing on Ooh. Tuesday, January 12th. The episode was directed by James Whitmore Jr., who previously directed I Only Have Eyes for You, oh. Dead Man's Partay, and Beauty and the Beasts. Oh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Mixed bag. Damn, um, he has not... Uh, he has not directed any a single plot relevant episode. <laughs> mm. I mean, I only have eyes for you. Uh, you could take that away, and the plot it would still make sense. Mm. Mm. It's a character exploration episode. Mm. 
Anyway, <laughs> uh, this is the one and only appearance of Willow's mom. <gasps> Sheila! Hashtag never again. Uh, spoilers, yeah. she's, she ain't yeah. gonna come. Oh, oh, hashtag never again. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Uh, so we never see her again. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, oh, uh, I was going to say this later, but I'm just going to say it now because I probably will forget. So apparently the German that is on the screen uh, when they're looking up those articles is just like gibberish, basically. Like, oh, it's yeah. just barely. It said it was obviously translated by someone who had either very little or no knowledge of German language, <laughs> according to IMDb. That's funny. I, I mean, I, who's going to... I don't know any German, so I have... Oh, very, very, very little German. I mean, it sucks for anyone who speaks German whose <laughs> whose suspension of disbelief was broken. But uh, how many people is that? Has, is that going to be right? Mm, how many people in Buffy wa- or in Germany watched it? <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Ironically, um, for a message about criticizing censorship, the British Broadcasting Corporation censored the scene where Buffy uh, kills the demon in the end by stabbing it through the throat with her her stake that she's tied to. So Torrance, um, which that's where the high school is, Torrance High School, I think, right? Anyway, the town (laughs) where they film a lot of Sunnydale scenes in uh, was uh, part of the whole satanic panic thing in the 80s. Mm. Like that whole hysteria about like there are satanic cults that are trying to take your children. The lesbian daycare workers are going to cast a spell. Don't let them play D and D. D is all about sex and pillaging and Satan and Satan. <laughs> and <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was an interesting tidbit, which you know kind of ties in, and then. Um. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. This episode was written by Jane Espenson. Her second episode of the series, I believe. Although she has been an executive uh, story consultant, or I don't know, something like that for mm. a while now. But this is her second episode where she's credited as the writer. There was someone else also credited with the story, but I can't remember their name, and I didn't write it down. So. Hmm. Hope they don't listen and get mad at me. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, welcome back, Jane Espenson. Uh, all right, Zach, do you want to give our disclaimer before we head into Gingerbread? Mm-hmm. It's time for us to move into the segment where we dive deep into the episode and share our thoughts. But don't be afeard. Have you not seen the entire series? We shan't spoil it. We shan't. Only uh, refer to future events with the cheekiest of foreshadowing. Only the cheekiest. So let's do it. So let's fucking do it. Let me get over to my notes. Starting with the cold open. Oh, there was one other thing. So apparently the um, the title sequence was cut by like a half second. Oh, this episode was just so long that they had to cut the title sequence? I just think it's really funny that it's like how precision or how precise like, like the ad TV, time they Yeah, need. all of it has to be. So, yeah. Damn, as you can tell, it's like, what a fucking it's like, episode to cut out of the intro for. It's like, you hear the last note, and it's just, like, slightly shortened. Huh. I did not, I did not notice. I mean, I wonder if in, like, if on streaming, it has the same intro, or if it's, uh, because I didn't, I didn't notice, but I may not have been paying enough attention. So we start out with Buffy walking around in a park or something it doesn't seem like she's in a graveyard hmm. um and she sees a bush rustle she 
grabs a stake and Joyce scares her. And she she's saying she thought it was time for her to come because watch Buffy slaying. The real threat is Joyce. Oh, yes. That's true. So we have the spooky yuki dookie music. Spooky yuki dookie. <laughs> and Buffy's like, it's kind of an alone thing. And Joyce is like, hey, I, I want to understand it. It's something we could share. <laughs> I like how Buffy says, it's actually pretty dull. It's pa- bam, boom, stick, poof. Yes, I thought that was very funny. And then the vampire jumps out and Buffy starts to fight it. <laughs> and Joyce recognizes that it's <laughs> Mr. Sanderson from the bank. Oh, no. And he's getting away. So Buffy tells her to stay while she runs after the vampire. So Joyce uh, just moseys on over to a bench on the playground. Is this the same playground where Drusilla almost ate that kid? Probably, Mm. right? And uh, so she sits down on a... Well, I didn't see any lit from below jungle gyms. That's true. It might not be the same. Um, So she starts to sit down on a bench, but then she sees something on the merry-go-round, and it turns out that there are two dead children. (gasps) So after... With a little symbol on there. Yes, a little symbol on their hands. And she sees this as Buffy stakes the vampire. And, oh, also, while she's going to look at them, she picks up this disgusting toy truck off of the Mm -hmm. ground. It's like in gutter water or something. Mm -hmm. It's gross. And then we cut to the intro. And then there's the police. And Joyce is standing like two feet away from the bodies. And they're just like roping off the crime scene. Right. Like, they wouldn't like, have made her move away. Exactly. They're not like, get away, lady. I don't know. The police are weird. And then there's this weird law and order thing where it's like. And it's like different <laughs> black and white pictures of the dead bodies. Oh, yeah. Angles. <laughs> yes. Yes. Very interesting. Very crime scene uh, Buffy. Yes. Yeah, we're just missing uh, Jerry Orbach making some kind of wisecrack. Okay, we, ha- we got to stop or we'll get a copyright strike. Mm. <laughs> For sure. They could definitely tell what that was. Absolutely. People are just running uh, our singing is copyright so- software over our podcasts all the time. And our singing was so perfect. So perfect. That, of course, it was a perfect <laughs> imitation of Pitch the perfect, song. you might say. Mm. <laughs> So Buffy tells her that they said they can go home and Joyce is like, they were little, they're so tiny. Who could do something like this? And Buffy's Joyce is real fucked up. About she's this. real fucked up. She's crying. Buffy's saying she's sorry she had to see it, but everything's going to be okay because I'm going to find whatever did it. And Joyce is like, but you can't make it right. And Buffy hugs her mom as her mom cries. And Buffy says, I'll take care of everything. Just try to calm down. And then we cut to Buffy saying to Giles, don't tell me to calm down. And he's like, I didn't say it. Calm down. <laughs> he was confused. Excuse me. Yes. He was real confused about that. Uh-huh. And uh, she's saying her mom can't even talk and how they were just kids. And uh, she tells him it wasn't a vampire. There weren't any marks, but there was a symbol drawn on their hands. And she like, she's starting to draw it, but it's on this old book. And he says, 12th century, 12th century papal encyclical. It's like these really like old, actually like loose leaf papers. Yeah. What is an encyclical? Is that what he said? Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking, I was wondering if you might know. Do I look like I work for the fucking Pope? I don't know. Sometimes you know words that I don't know. <laughs> what is an encyclical? I don't know. I thought I thought it was maybe like a, maybe it's like a Vatican newsletter. Or like a record of uh, papal of succession cookbook. or something. I don't know. I don't know. Tell us if you know what an encyclical is. I bet Katie, Katie would know. Encyclical, Katie knows about Catholic I think stuff. Said. 
encyclical. Wait, what? What did you encyclical, say? Encyclical. I Ency- thought. I thought it was just encyclical. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So, but let us know. If it was you like know. the one time there was a weird word that I didn't feel like looking up. Okay. <laughs> Zach's slipping. He's not on his A game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, Buffy draws it for him on some other paper. She says the cops are keeping it quiet. And uh, she's like, Giles, speak. And he says, well, I'm wondering, may this uh, symbol, it's not normal for like demons to write symbols on their victims. This kind of suggests a ritual murder might be a group of like occult people. And she's mm-hmm. like, a group of human beings, someone with a, with a soul did this, which is interesting following up the episode uh, about all about Angel and mm-hmm. what he did when he didn't have a soul. Right. Uh, an encyclical is a papal letter sent to all bishops of the Roman Catholic Church. Huh. So Sounds that's interesting. It's kind of what I was, I was, I basically was like, it's like a newsletter, right? A letter so from thinking. the 1100s. My assumption. Well, thank you, Zachary. He's he yeah, well, that that uh, comment about not being on your A game really got to you. Mm. It <laughs> struck me in my soul. In, it struck a chord in your spine, which I have. Yes, Zachary does have a soul. These people also souls, but bad. <gasps> These imaginary people. <laughs> so uh, she's like, while you're looking for the meaning of that symbol, do you think you could find a loophole in that whole slayers don't kill people rule? And I was like, you kind of already killed people like five or six times. Yeah, you killed that eyeball guy who we still don't know if he was a human or not. Right. And also you killed that zookeeper. Yeah. I mean, technically, you could say momentum killed him, but I feel like she helped. Exactly. I will not get. I can't. I will not ever get over this. I. I. I think Buffy killed that zookeeper. Yeah. So. And. Uh, but also, this is the first time we're hearing of it as a rule. Like, well, technically, hyenas killed him, not momentum. <laughs> Still. <laughs> um. Because like Buffy, they've never mentioned that there is some rule that slayers can't kill people. But well, no, because they go over it in Ted. Yeah, well, she's talking about, like, I had no right to do that. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I can't believe this happened. Oh, you're saying in the context of, like, an evil person. No, like, it's never... she. The way she's talking about it now makes it sound like there is a blanket rule for all slayers laid out by someone else that she's not allowed to kill people. Like, she's not talking as though she has her own rule that she doesn't kill people because she's asking Giles about it. So I was thinking she was going more like the law, the laws of the land is illegal. But yeah, (laughs) I mean, I know she's also talking about like a loophole in this. But yeah, I mean, there obviously must be some rule where like she can't kill. Yeah. And I just wanted to point out this is the first time it's referred to like as an actual rule and not just a standard Buffy holds herself up to. Mm hmm. Um, so that was an interesting for her, interesting thing for her to say. I thought. Uh, so Giles is like, "You have every right to be upset, but could this be getting personal because your mother is involved?" And Buffy's like, "It's completely personal. Find me the people that did this." And then we cut to Oz and Xander in the lunch line. It's very awkward. <laughs> Xander's like, "Oh, so, burrito today, huh?" So a burrito. And then Oz says, this is a burrito. <laughs> and, and Xander says, damn, damn straight. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Uh, so they go to sit down with Amy and Willow. Amy's there. <clears throat> I'm actually kind of glad that they chose to deal with the weirdness after the cheating, as opposed to like this really prolonged, like willow pining after Oz thing. And yeah. Like, Cordelia and Xander sniping each other thing. They're just like, Oz and Willow are fine. They make up sort of. And then Xander 
is weird to remind us what happened. Yeah, it's kind of... I I agree. I think they, they paced it out really well because the whole cheating storyline didn't last very long, just a few episodes. Mm-hmm. And then the episode after it, we get Cordelia's feelings about it. The episode after that, we get Oz's feelings about it. And now we get a little residual awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, nicely paced, I think. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, it's kind of awkward when they all sit down. <laughs> they're like, hey, where have you been? Uh, and Xander's like, not with... Or they're, they're talking to Willow. And Xander's like, not with me. Ask anyone. <laughs> hmm. And they start to talk about how Buffy's birthday is next week. And Xander's been pondering gift options. But then Buffy comes up, so they have to talk, stop. Uh, Xander... Get, this is kind of nice. He gives her... It, his seat and then he steals a seat from someone else's table hmm. like they don't even look at him i thought that was very funny uh and uh buffy tells them about the kids and her mom finding them <laughs> and she and she also mentions how her mom wanted to come out and watch her slay and willow's like your mom would do something like that with you take the time to do that and she's like, not the point, was it? <laughs> so Buffy's talking about how her mom is completely wigging. And that's when Joyce shows up behind her. Uh, and she's talking about how she had bad dreams about what happened all night. She asks if Buffy talked to Giles. And Buffy tells her that he thinks it might be occult stuff. Mm. And that's when Joyce is like, occult like witches? And then Willow's like, <coughs> I'm not a witch. And then she's like, oh, I know I know you kids think that stuff's cool. Buffy told me you dabble. <laughs> and Willow's like, that's me. I'm, I'm a, dabbler. a dabbler. I was like, Willow, you are not a dabbler. You put Angel's soul back into his body. You've performed uninviting spells. You put the power out for the whole bo- block. You uh, almost did a love spell. Mm-hmm. You're not a dabbler anymore, Willow. She ke- she Have you noticed she like keeps minimizing her uh, witchiness? She's always mm. like, I'm not a real witch. I'm not a full witch. Mm. Even, yeah. She, yeah. So, but in, I think that's like Willow because associating herself with something powerful is like antithetical to her. Oh, uh, yeah. That makes sense to me. Herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, she's like, anybody who could do this has to be a monster. Uh, Buffy steps aside with Joyce, and uh, Joyce is like, I was, oh, sorry. Buffy steps aside with Joyce and Xander's like her, wow, her mom was just starting to accept the Slayer thing and now she'll be double freaked. Mm-hmm. And Will is like, I should be grateful my mom's not interested in my extracurricular activities. And then the camera cuts to Amy's face, <laughs> which and, I thought was so mm-hmm. funny. And she said, and her, and my curricular activities. So like, there's already a couple of mentions that Will's mom is obviously not very but, involved. Yeah, in not life, interested in her. Which I, we haven't seen her up to this point, but we really haven't seen anyone else's parents either. So. That's true. But basically, just buffy's i just thought mm-hmm. it, i just really appreciated the callback to witch yeah <laughs> it was because uh, amy like she kind of has this expression on her face and she's like yeah maybe you should be glad about that right. <laughs> that's funny i hadn't even i hadn't even considered that actually that's funny oh i'm, I'm glad i could point it out for you because it yes, was that was all. my favorite part of this episode <laughs> nice um so Joyce asks Buffy if her friends are going to help with the investigation. And Buffy's like, this isn't the best place to talk about this. Uh, and uh, it's like school and homeworld don't mix. Uh, and Joyce is like, well, I have to help. Uh, I called everyone in town and they all called their friends and were setting up a vigil at City Hall with the mayor. And Buffy's like, 
Eh, uh, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> She's like, we like to keep the number of people that know about these things small. And Joyce says, I'm sure there won't be all that many people. And I called this next scene all that many people. <laughs> yes. So we cut to City Hall and there's tons of people. They're holding placards with the kids' faces. And the placards also say never again. Now, I want to go to our email really quickly because someone emailed us a while back about gingerbread. Mm-hmm. Justin, thank you, Justin, for getting uh, getting to us. Uh, Justin asks how Joyce got the photos of the children for her posters. Uh, the photos of those very alive children. Mm-hmm. And they actually do mention this later in the episode, but they yeah. don't say they still don't say when how they're they got in the, the library. Yeah, it's never explained. But then, like, I guess, kind of, you're left to kind of assume. I, I guess that it's part of the magic of this demon. Yeah, that it like conjures up these things or somehow gets these images to them or something. And so, because there's always been a picture of them. Uh huh. Yeah. In, like all the old newspapers. But yeah, they do mention that. They're like, wait, where did we even get these pictures? Who the fuck even are these kids? Uh-huh. Yeah, so uh, I just wanted to call out Justin for <laughs> bringing that up a while back. Also, he really enjoyed the did I get it joke. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite part of the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. Did uh, I get it? Uh, yes. Did I get Another it? Another good little moment. But yeah. Um, no, that was a really good question. It really kept me uh, sharp looking at it. For, I was like, I'm going to see if they say anything about it. Uh, and I also wanted to point out, he sent this to me a few weeks ago, and I keep forgetting to mention it. Uh, he mentioned, uh, let's see, what was it? A graphic novel in French called Toutes les princesses après Manoui, something like that. Anyway, it translates to All Princesses Die After Midnight. And there's a part in it where a couple, there's, let's see, there's some kids playing uh, Little Mermaid, and there's a queer boy who takes the role of the damsel. And at one point, they're watching Buffy on TV in this graphic novel. Fun. So uh, thank you, Justin, for pointing that out. I, I, I wanted to check that out when he sent that to me, and I, ca- I keep meaning to mention his email. And now that we've got to Gingerbread, I figured I would. Here we are. So thank you, Justin. So anyway, they've got these placards. <laughs> um, uh, Willow and Buffy there are there Joyce is there Willow's like at least your mom's making an effort my mom's standing right in front of me <laughs> and this very second yes and Sheila's there and she says hi to Bunny <laughs> <laughs> which is a fun callback to the unaired pilot oh it feels like I don't know who called her Bunny the uh, principal oh the principal yeah principal Flutie that's right I mean he called her a bunch of different things too didn't he yes but one of them was Bunny Bunny Bussy <laughs> oh dear buffussy <laughs> <laughs> so uh sheila says she read about it in the paper and then she notices that willow has cut off her hair that's a new look and a sudden whim i had in august. in august yeah so she is so checked out of her daughter's life she hasn't noticed her haircut that she's had for six months <laughs> mm. uh not quite maybe five months something like that Something like that. Since the beginning of the school year, and it's January now. It's a week away from Buffy's birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of them, anyway. Yes, <laughs> one of Buffy's birthdays, uh, the January one. Uh, so Sheila greets Joyce. Uh, Giles is there as well, mm-hmm. and he comes up to her and he's like, "Mrs. Joyce." <laughs> yeah, they have a really awkward interaction. It's quite a turnout. It's been a while. Uh, not since. 
for a while. <laughs> and then somebody says something about a rumor, and then Giles is like, about us? About us? About uh, what? It is so funny. Uh, the rumor is about which is responsible for the crime. Uh, apparently, Sheila has recently authored a paper about the rise of mysticism among adolescents. And I was like, oh, so she's an academic. Mm. I guess Willow's mom must work at a college or something. I always got from her talk like psychologist. Yeah, it seems like that. Some kind of developmental psychology person. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mayor then steps up to the podium and Joyce is like, he'll do something about this. You'll see and he says, seeing you all here proves what a caring community Sunnydale is. Is this the first is this the first time the Scoobies have like been in the presence of the mayor? Maybe. I think it is. I don't think they've like been in the same room or anything like that before. And he says, hashtag never again. Yes. So he says all this stuff about Sunnydale being a good town and he won't rest till the murder is solved. Blah, blah, blah. And then his pledge to them is never again. So he calls up Joyce and she immediately says, you're dead wrong, Mr. Mayor. This is not a good town. She mentions all the strange occurrences and getting skinned and neck ruptures. And she says, I was supposed to lead us in a moment of silence, but silence is this town's disease. We've been plagued by unnatural evils. And he gives us a shot of the mayor on that. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, people aren't supposed to be talking about this. What's going on? You know what I wondered in this episode, too, is how aware is the mayor of what's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah, I th- I was thinking Which so as well. It, it doesn't get addressed. But I imagine he was like I don't know like does he know like is does he think this is a real thing and he's just like doing mayoral shit or is he just like sitting back and watching the mayhem unfold Yeah I think or... he was just playing around and just letting it happen I feel like it seems like he probably wouldn't care if a few people got burned at the stake Right well like he seems to know like I mean obviously we see he's got ties to occult shit and demons and Mm-hmm. Thing. we've seen examples of that and uh i don't know i also feel like it's kind of interesting i don't know how much how good it is to talk about this but like how he's this he's sort of being set up as like the big bad but he's really not doing much yeah it's just kind of this undercurrent of he's always around and he's like this he is involved with all this crazy stuff and he says this is a big year the only time he's been involved in anything is the uh Lurconis thing yeah pretty much and then other than that he's just kind of been in the background generally being like <laughs> yes a big old mwahaha he did send uh he did send those vampires to get spike and see what made me think about that is like mm. he was so worried about spike causing a disturbance but now there's like this whole angry mob this. for him right yeah it's so like, it was know. interesting to me uh so which makes me wonder if he was aware of it yeah, uh-huh, the same. But it seems like he should be. It's possible. Maybe he's under the spell's influence as yeah, well. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, I, It would have been neat. I mean, it's not necessary, but it would have been neat if the show had addressed that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, at one point during her speech, Joyce says, uh, Sunnydale belongs to the monsters and witches and slayers. <gasps> and it cuts to mm. Giles, Willow, and Buffy's faces. And they're like, did she just, what the fuck did she just mm-hmm. say? Because first of all, it's like, okay, clearly she's like having a whole thing about witches right now. Uh, Not only is she lumping slayers in with that, like the bad killer people that she thinks did this, but also she's mentioning slayers to the entirety of Mm -hmm. Sunnydale. What's going on? I do think interestingly though, that 
you know, under the spell, Joyce does have some pretty good points. Like, what is the benefit of not letting the broad public know that monsters and evil exist? Demons I agree, exist? yeah. Like, it just seems like it would get way more people killed to, for them to not know. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting idea. But anyway. Like, I don't know, maybe... Because it's not like... Sorry. Maybe they want to keep it secret, I don't know, for their, like, mental health, or maybe... I don't know. Well, Because it's, it's not like other peop- people can really effectively fight this stuff, but I'm I, I, I'm with you, though. But yeah, I mean, like, you can, like, you can physically manipulate things with witchcraft. You can, like, show a vampire being dusted in real life. Like, it's not like you couldn't prove these things exist. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's it's so very it's, interesting to it, me. It's an odd concept that like this, all this shit is happening constantly all the time and somehow nobody knows about it. My guess would be just that like they want to keep as few people involved as possible so they, they can't, they don't have more potential to get hurt. Because mm. uh, there would of course be some people like trying to be vigilante about it. And that's Buffy's job. She's, she's mm. supposed to keep people from having to worry about this stuff. Mm. Uh, so yeah but that's that is an interesting point and I kind of agree she says it's time for the grown-ups to take Sunnydale back Uh, we need to find who did this and make them pay so we cut to some sort of ritual happening with some folks in black cloaks one of them is Amy she picks up a skull carries it around the room one of them is Michael the goth kid we have never seen before this episode yes and then at the very end of the scene we see that the third one is willow (gasps) and there's spooky music and it there's a skull effective effective like multiple skulls effective costuming and like uh episode planning Mm -hmm. because we just saw an episode with people in black robes doing a ritual to literally summon literal evil (laughs) so right and and then as it zooms out, we see the, the symbol, symbol that was on the, on the dead kids. Yes. Oh, and... Uh, Which my question about the symbol is... Uh-huh. Did the, did the demon guy, like, was he, like, walking around in the shadows, like, researching? Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Like, what, how... How how like how did he know to use that symbol and that is what would fuck people up the most? Yeah, uh, that I thought the exact same thing. That is completely left unexplained. Uh, I do want to mention one thing really quickly. Uh, Ashley on Instagram messaged us that she has a prop from this episode, and uh, she has uh, this prop is shown at the very beginning of it when uh, she says it's the very beginning, but I think is it's it in the this gross scene. Tuck? No, <laughs> I am glad it's not the gross sh- truck. I believe it. She's talking about this scene. Uh, it's like uh, something that they're using to make the protection spell. And uh, apparently it's been used in several shots throughout this season. So uh, mm. I am jealous of her. She says her husband gave it to her for their one of their anniversaries. And I was uh-huh. like, <gasps> to have that husband. How sweet. I was like, he has some points for sure. In mm-hmm. my eyes, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah, so yeah, thank you. Bang. <laughs> just from just from knowing that fact, I don't even know what he looks like. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you for sharing that with us, Ashley. We really appreciate it. Uh, so I also thought at this point too, did has Willow just not looked at the symbol that Buffy drew the whole this whole time? She hasn't. Yeah, she only drew it for Giles. But why? Mm-hmm. They've had anyway. other stuff. She, I, I guess they she left Giles to research it while they did school stuff. Hmm. And that they've just been so preoccupied with uh, Moo. <laughs> well, that hasn't happened yet. Well, I know, I know, but the the con 
the the rumblings of moo the beginnings of moo <laughs> anyway and so it just hasn't come up yet uh I think I think it's interesting that they're trying to do this fake out that Willow's actually doing something because mm-hmm. like she has this really blank face to her and Amy. Uh huh. And I was and like, Goth guy. Well, Goth guy just kind of looks bored, but like her and Amy just have this really blank expression where it's like, <gasps> are they like under a trance or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are they evil? <gasps> Guess what's going on? Yeah, that was. I was like, it's hard for me to judge because I already know like what's going on, but I was like, would this really? get me or would i just see this and be like oh here's a fake out and we'll find out what's actually happening soon Mm. like i wonder if that was effective for people let us know if you remember your first time viewing this do you remember zach i mean i based i think that was my reaction that you were like oh okay it's gonna be a fake out i mean maybe not per se i was like (gasps) willow has the symbol so it must not be bad or i was like oh there's something fucked up going on like gotcha 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 Something, something, something me right here. Mm-hmm. So we cut to school after the break, and Michael is being bullied. And some guys like, "Did I make you smudge your eyeliner?" Uh, mm-hmm. I noticed that they're not using Larry for the bullying, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the truth is, they just that actor couldn't be brought back this week, right? And the guys like, "People like him gotta learn their lesson." And Amy says, "People like me." And he says, get in my face and you'll find out. And that's when Buffy sidles up by Amy and he's like, no problem here. We're fine. Yeah, I just like how the bullies immediately are like, oh, it's Buffy. Don't fuck around. Uh-huh. And we, we're continually like getting these little nuggets that people like kind of know a little bit about Buffy. Mm-hmm. And like they, they, at first it was like, she, oh, she's weird. She's like this creepy girl. Like she's always around when this weird stuff happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point they like coped with that weirdness by making up rumors that she was a slut mm. <laughs> that, you know, we saw evidence of that in Halloween, but, and, and go, but by go fish, we had learned that like people sort of had some idea that she was like involved with this stuff. Uh, but they were like not really acknowledging it too much. And we're seeing this little nugget again of like, now people are like, okay, Buffy's going to take care of shit. And so we better get out of here if we're doing something she doesn't like. Like they are recognizing that Buffy's strong and she could beat their asses. So like they're getting a little bit more wise to what's going on with Buffy. And I thought, I thought it was nice, a nice little way to show that. Mm hmm. So uh, they sa- they thank Buffy and go away. Uh, Cordelia comes up and she's like, everyone knows that witches killed those kids and Amy's a witch. Uh, <laughs> and, it, oh, and she says, and Michael is whatever the boy of witches. <laughs> Plus the poster child for yuck. <laughs> and I was like, rude. His style has nothing to do with you, Cordelia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, She's like, expect badness. That's what you get when you hang out with freaks and losers. That was a pointed comment. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, so she leaves and Buffy's like, besides, witches didn't do it. And Giles comes up and he's like, actually, I think they may have. And hmm. <laughs> uh, His research has been bringing him to European Wiccan covens and he needs info from a book that Willow borrowed. And he asks Buffy to get it. So Buffy goes and finds Xander in the little lounge area. And she's like, is Willow around? And Xander gives this little rant about he doesn't always know where Willow is. And why don't people trust me? And then he's like, she's right in the bathroom. (laughs) And uh, at some point, he's like, what about innocent until proven guilty? And she's like, you are guilty. You got illicit smoochies. You have to pay the price. (laughs) Right. 
And I, I like that it's like this thing that she's teasing him about. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she's not even going as hard as she could. Like, uh, mm-hmm. she could go as hard as he goes on her about Angel. Right, but she's not obsessed with him. So. Yeah, right. She uh, she just wants to, you know, be, be nice friends. to her friend. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, oh, sorry. I scrolled down a little bit too much. So, <laughs> Xander's like, I'm talking about future guilt. Everyone expects me to mess up again. You've seen the way Oz acts around me, and uh, he's nonverbal. And Buffy's like, yeah, because he talked so much before. And he's like, yeah, but he was more of a verbal nonverbal, <laughs> which I thought was funny. And then Buffy finds the symbol in one of Willow's notebooks. And she's like, what is this? As Willow comes back from the bathroom, she's like, this is a witch symbol. It was on the murdered children. And uh, Willow's like, it's just, it's not anything bad. And then we see that the police have arrived and are beginning to search people's lockers. Mm. Yikes. Unlawful search and seizure. Actually, I think it's perfectly lawful. Which Uh, No, actually, no. If oh? This is a hundred percent against their constitutional rights. Uh, it would have resulted probably in Snyder losing his license Holy. and a multi-million. Yeah, because there was like against the school. There was actually like a civil case about this or something, right? Yeah. Well, like I mean, so students in America are still protected by the Constitution. Yeah, and you can't just do a blanket search uh-huh. when you're looking for. That's why, like, and there have been like high-profile like cases about this happening and it's been always ruled in favor of the students it would be the equivalent of like a criminal escape from prison so the police just go into every person's house and search every person's house and effects also like it's not you can't do that it's also rich that they're assuming it's children who did it right and i guess children are the ones who are in the into the occult no i mean there's a lot of stuff you got to try to like kind of be like "Mm." (laughs) <laughs> right like look past but yeah i mean well because when then of course the moo we don't know about that at this point but they're directing it at the school because uh-huh. you know she knows about the occult books and it's all associated with buffy and right it also kind of is interesting like is the creature targeting the people that it thinks the that does the creature have a target for who is going to get the town's ire right because the symbol thing makes me think yes uh-huh. Like, is it specifically being like, I'm going to make these people get murdered? Well, it or is seems... it like, I'm just going to throw some shit in the see what sticks? Well, because the background for their like backstory is that the Hansel and Gretel thing actually happened. Mm-hmm. And then the mob got the witch. So like, maybe they just in <sighs> general, just come back every 50 years trying to get witches killed. So... Uh, one thing I wanted to point out, you brought up the witch. It made me think um, there's a connection with um, another uh, Hansel and Gretel connection. Uh-huh. Emma Caulfield Ford played uh, the witch from the Hansel and Gretel story in Once Upon a Time. Oh, cute. Yeah. You know, I keep forgetting that she's in WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And she's going to be in uh, Agatha, Coven of Chaos. Yep. Just a little tidbit for you if you want more Emma Caulfield Ford. She's showing up and stuff again. She had some kind of health problem. Oh. And then. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Did I say the thing about the TikTok she made when we were doing The Wish? I don't think I did. I don't think Someone asked her a question on TikTok or something like, what should I get 
as a gift for my girlfriend or I don't know, something like that. Like uh, what sex toy should I get for my girlfriend? And she was like, what kind of dick do they like? Do they like a wide dick, a long dick, a short dick, a skinny dick? <laughs> and when she said skinny dick, she like made this like, ooh, face. <laughs> so funny. Gosh. Anyway, you should follow her on TikTok. Hey, it's your boy. Skinny penis. Skinny penis. <laughs> anyway, um, oh, and uh, so they start doing all the searches of the lockers, right? It looks like someone and pulls out garlic. Garlic from somebody's <laughs> locker. There's like little potion type ingredients on Anyway, uh, Xander's like, oh man, it's Nazi Germany and I've got Playboys in my locker. And I was like, Xander, l- missing the point much? Uh, also, according to um, IMDb, both um, Charisma Carpenter and Mercedes McNabb posed for Playboy. Oh, neat. I did not know that. So, fun Playboy connection. <laughs> Rip Playboy. Uh, and yeah, so anyway, yeah, Snyder says it's a glorious day for principals everywhere. Again, he would almost certainly have lost his license for allowing this. And but like the school 100% would have been sued. Would, the district would have been he sued already for would millions have, of dollars. I'm sure he already would have lost his license for, for expelling a student for no reason. Grabbing them. Oh, yes. Putting his hands on them constantly. Forcing them to do things that are not in any way required for school. <laughs> like making them escort students for Halloween. Making some sort of deal where he had to, or we forced all the students to sell candy that was laced with some kind of drugs. Oh, yes. Yep. That happened too. Yep. He did say it came from City Hall though. So technically, I guess that wasn't on him, but. That, that is also true. But he still forced them to take part in this fundraiser. So but anyway, yeah. uh, Amy tells them they're looking for witch stuff and that they got her spells and someone like escorts Amy away. And Willow's like, I have stuff in my locker, like all these spell ingredients. And Xander brings up the Playboys again. And he's like, come on, where's the worry for me? And I'm like, shut Mm -hmm. the fuck up, Xander. We see the WP sticker. (laughs) Yes. They take, for some reason, they take Cordelia's $45 imported hairspray. Right. Like, I guess they think that's some occult object or something. And that was $45 in 90s money. What would have that been today? Like $100 million. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably a hundred million. Uh, I have I have a hundred million dollar hairspray in my bathroom right over there. <laughs> of course, um, who doesn't? Willow. So Willow's like, my locker's next. The symbol is harmless. I just used it to make a protection spell for you for your birthday, but now it's broken because you, you know, know about, about it. it. So happy birthday! Yes, uh, you have to believe me. And then Snyder gets her and escorts her they away. Make a slick uh, pass of the book to Buffy. Yes. Uh, and Oz walks with her. And he's like holding these two little baggies of herbs. Yes. <laughs> like maybe she was just gonna, I don't know, cook something in home ec. I don't know what you need mandrake for um, <laughs> in a dish. Doesn't matter. Still illegal search and right. seizure. True. Uh, so we see Buffy's going into the library as the police are taking out a bunch of books. And she's like, Giles, we need those books. And he's like, trust me, I try to tell them, tell that to the guy with the big gun. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, she tells him, Willow said the symbol's harmless. Uh, why would it turn up at a ritual sacrifice? And uh, she's like, are you going to have anything left after this besides the dictionary and my friend Flicka? <laughs> Which I thought was funny. I also liked how uh, it was actually, ja- or um, <laughs> it was really funny because, He's yelling about Snyder, and Snyder comes in and says, I love the smell of desperate librarian or whatever. Giles says, I won't take this from that twisted little homunculus. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so funny. Yeah, and then 
it was really funny because he's like, you can't get away with this, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, I guess I should hear you out. How is blood rights and sacrifices fo- appropriate for a public school library chess <laughs> club branching out? Which actually is a pretty good question. I mean, <laughs> I mean it uh, in terms of like, why do we need this at our school library? But anyway. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's perfectly fine. No, I mean, Especially there's nothing wrong library. with it being there. I just think it's funny. It is a good point, though. Like, <laughs> yes. Why do we need all these demonic books? It is true. They do have a very high... Like, Giles just keeps his occult books out in the open, apparently. Right. <laughs> so I do understand the questioning of, like, why is 50% of your library about demons? Yeah, like, I mean, I don't have an, a moral objection to the book being there. I'm just, like, saying, what is the purpose of it for high schoolers? <laughs> yes. That is very... I mean, I... See, see the purpose of the single book uh, fine they, they read about blood sacrifices whatever mm. um blood orphans but the for me the reasonable th- objection is why is 50 percent of the library this kind of book? right anyway he said if you try to stop me you'll have to answer to moo <laughs> he's like mother's opposed to the occult <laughs> and buffy's like who came up with that and he says the founder i believe you call her mom oh man that was so funny <laughs> so funny that was a solid uh solid burn from snyder yes that was really good i i agree we see willow get home her mom tells her to sit down and that snyder's quite concerned uh, and she's like, you don't have to explain. It's not exactly a surprise. Identification with mythical icons is typical of your age group. A classic response to pressures of incipient adulthood. And Willa's like, oh, is that what it is? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I wish you could have identified with something a little less icky. Yes. And Willa's like, I'm not an age group. I'm me. I'm Willow group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, I understand. And Willa says, no, you don't. I can do stuff. Not Nothing bad or dangerous. Uh, and Sheila's like, you think you can, and that concerns me. And Willow says, how do you know what I could do? The last three-minute conversation you had with me was about the patriarchal bias of the Mr. Rogers show. <laughs> and then Sheila's like, and Mr. Friday lording all over the other puppets. Mm. And Willow's like, you're not paying attention. And Sheila's like, and this is your way of getting it. You know, the classic, my kid is acting out for attention thing. Mm-hmm. she says my colleagues agree this is a cry for discipline it's so funny to me that sheila is consulting her colleagues about her parenting mm-hmm. i thought that was hilarious uh so she tells willow that she's grounded and willow says i'm supposed to mess up i'm a teenager remember i feel like this is another uh, for, uh part of the show being like psychology is bullshit uh-huh i agree which is uh it's kind of annoying but <laughs> very annoying yeah and uh we will get more of that in the future believe you me mm-hmm. but which is which is kind of weird because i feel like joss whedon is also like kind of into psychology yeah it makes me think of the coach in the uh movie yeah the uh <laughs> the like He's soft like, realize your power coach. center yes kill them with kindness who is like a caricature of uh yeah yeah we're too soft on our kids nowadays right in the 80s uh so um uh sheila says i hear you willow says hear this i'm a rebel i'm having a rebellion uh i'm a witch i can make pencils float i can summon the four elements well two but four soon i'm dating a musician her mom goes oh Oh, willow Willow. (laughs) 
so funny. Uh, she mentions Beelzebub. She does his bidding. She sacrifices goats. Bow, bef- I bow before Satan. Come fill me with your black, naughty evil. <laughs> and that's when Sheila yells, that's enough. Go to your room and stay there until I say. Otherwise, I don't want you hanging out with those friends. It's clear where this came from. You are not to speak to that bunny Summers ever again. And that's when we cut to Buffy's house, where Joyce is saying she doesn't want Buffy to be seeing Willow. Mm -hmm. She says, I had no idea her forays into the occult had gone so far. And we're still like, part of the reason, I don't like this episode, I'm going to reveal now. Mm. And part of the reason is like, it's just like, so like the transition from Joyce being just like a concerned person and mother to being like a crazy person under the influence of this demon is like not very clear. And so it just makes me really uncomfortable to think that some of these are beliefs that Joyce actually has. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like we're supposed to come out of the episode being like everything bad Joyce did was influenced by the demon, but like it's not made actually very clear by the events of the episode. I mean, to me, she was under the influence of the demon the second the she second saw, she the, saw kids. the kids. Because she just, like, uh, like, has this huge reaction to it. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, seeing dead kids, I mean, I guess, you know, of course, you would react. But, like, the way she just, like, will not let it go and is like, I yeah. have to do something about mm-hmm. this from the get. Yeah, so Joyce taking this, like, very clearly antagonistic role in this episode, it has always made me feel really uncomfortable for Mm. some reason, and I just don't like it. It doesn't seem, like, super inconsistent with the plot of the episode or anything. I just don't like it. Uh, So Buffy has figured out that she ordered the raid, and she's like, their lockers are supposed to be private, and they took all of Giles' books. (laughs) And Joyce is like, Moo just wanted to weed out the offensive material. Um... Sorry. And Buffy says, we need them. Uh, Joyce says, they have no place in a public school library. Any student can walk in there and get all sorts of ideas. And I'm like, Joyce, that's the point of a library. Right. Which I think the commentary of this episode is... <laughs> it's really smacking us in the face at yeah, this point. Yeah, today. No, I mean, like, it oh, really it is. is resonant today. Oh, perfectly resonant. With I mean, we trying just... trying to take, like, all mention of gay or trans people out of libraries, literally right here in our town, which we mentioned in the last episode, because, again, Arkansas uh-huh. is a fucking garbage fire of a state. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah. And that was before Sarah Fuckabee Sanders got elected. Now it's just going to go. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, and there's, like, even before that, there was, like, uh, My Name is Jazz, I think is the name of the book. That was a huge deal, like, I don't know, five or more years ago. And, uh, yeah, all, like drag queen story hour has been like something people have pushed back on for a while mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, and it's just, it, it, unfortunately this is still very relevant 20 years later. So yay. Because like, that's the whole, I like, right. Their theme of the episode is like censorship and uh-huh. book burning morality book burning. and like mm-hmm. people like trying to, I don't know, <laughs> police other people's thoughts. Uh huh, and it uh, is unfortunately all too relevant still. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, we don't have bodies. Moo. Uh, so sorry. So yeah, then she starts talking about like how slaying is bound to be fruitless, and uh, how she, she just reacts, and she she doesn't have a plan. Patrols and slays evil pops up, and she undoes it. And blah blah, and then she's like, "What?" And she gives. I like Buffy's little speech here, <laughs> uh-huh. and she's like, 
Yeah, I guess I don't have a plan. Lord knows I don't have lapel pins. <laughs> yes, that was very funny because they have these little moo pins. And then uh, she's like, and who knows? Maybe next time the world is about to get sucked into hell, I won't be able to stop it because the anti-hell sucking book isn't on the approved reading list. <laughs> yes, very good comeback from Buffy. Right. And, and Joyce is like, I didn't mean to put you down. And Buffy's like, well, you did. I have to go on my pointless patrol and react to, to some, some vampires. vampires. By the way, nice acronym, Mom. And uh, then the ghost children are there. And she's like, hurt the bad people. We can't sleep until you hurt them the way they hurt us. And then there's this like memorial in the park on the merry ground Yeah, after the break, Buffy is approached by Angel at the scene of the crime. Mm. And she hugs him. She asks how he is. He says, I think I'm better than you right now. Uh, he said, I heard about it. People are talking even to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so Angel's getting out into town. Maybe he's seeing his friend Willie. Mm-hmm. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Angel, it feels feels Angel like Angel. seeing his Willie. Yes. <laughs> uh, it seems like, uh, or his friend's Willie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it seems like Angel is like, pretty much back to normal now like i feel like the last few times we've seen him it's been like oh he's tortured by the first and like he's still not at full strength but now it's it seems like he's pretty pretty normal actually i think weird that he's absent from the whole rest of this episode kind of yeah they just had to put him in because he's a series regular (laughs) and then like when everything pops off he's just nowhere to be seen he's just gone in the mansion uh but what i was about to say was i guess that actually happened in lover's walk because she was like you're fine you don't need me anymore i'm gonna go yeah he's just sitting in the mansion sticking his fingers in a duck (laughs) i guess so uh or reading the story about it so uh she he's like they were ki- she's talking about how people die in sunnydale all the time she's never seen something like this before and he's like they were children they're innocent it makes a difference and she's like and mr sanderson had it coming very mm-hmm. good point buffy and uh she says uh my mom said some things about being the slayer how it's fruitless angel says it's wrong and uh, buffy says is she is no it fruit for buffy are things any better than when I first got here? I battle evil, but I don't win. It comes back and it gets stronger. I was like, um, well, the master didn't take over the entire town and make a blood factory and angel. And the entire, the entire world song. isn't world in hell. hell. Yeah, so <laughs> I'd say on the balance, she made a difference. Right. Uh, you're a little bit farther away from your microphone than you have been most of the time. So right. you sound a little quieter. Uh, and she mentions the story about the boy who stuck his finger in the duck. Right, and he's like, Dyke, and she gives him this really crazy look, and then he's like... It means damn. Yeah. <laughs> it's really With funny. an eye. She's like, oh, okay. That story makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> yes. I've never heard that story. Have you? The boy who stuck his finger in a dam? Yeah, it's like he... He's like trying to keep it from... Breaking, but then like it keeps leaking in other places. Gotcha. I yeah. I don't know the, like, the details. Never heard of it. But it's another thing. It's like a... It's like... It's it's like trying to put a Band-Aid on something that's gotcha. like needs a bigger fix. Uh-huh. Yeah, it makes, I figured it was something like that. So uh, Angel's like, well, uh, it's still important to keep fighting, uh, even though we will never win completely, but that's uh, not why we do it. There are things are, that are worth fighting for, like those kids and their parents. And I hope that means something. And Buffy's like... It means a lot because when he mentions their parents, she gets an idea. So we cut to Giles yelling at the computer and it sounds a little bit like he calls it a fag. I thought like all this time, actually, that that's what he did call it. Well, it wouldn't make sense for Giles to call 
to use fag as an insult because he's British. I mean, yeah, it didn't. But it's funny because I feel like I feel like the whoever wrote this dialogue was planning on it being humorous because of that. Because he actually calls it a fad, according to but the subtitles. But then he's eating too, so it kind of grumbles it or uh-huh. like garbles it a little bit. And uh, he's like, "You stupid, useless fad." That's right, I said it. You're a fad or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it kind of doubles down on it. And I think they're counting on us mishearing it which i don't i feel like it was on purpose and Mm. i don't really appreciate that yeah i don't know nothing i don't know uh and then xander comes in says something say that again and i'll get scared or something like that (laughs) yes oh and he's like "Ooh, look the frisky watchers chat room why giles (laughs) why giles uh so and buffy comes in like wait who the fuck are these kids Right, exactly. So she's like, we don't know anything about them. We only know things about she does say, how they died. Where did these pictures even come from? Yes. And they're which like, doesn't get answered. And everybody's kind of like, I just, I always assumed someone else had the details. Yes, right. Which is, that does feel, doesn't that feel super real? Like you hear right. some story from the news and you're like, oh yeah, the dead kids. Yeah, that's really fucked up. And then if somebody was to ask you questions about it, you're like, oh, I actually don't know anything about it. <laughs> right, Other exactly. It's like two kids and they're dead. Wow. This episode is also a uh, a uh, clairvoyant look at uh, the lack of media literacy. Mm. <laughs> so Oz offers to look around on the computer, even though Willow would be better at it. And so he decides he's going to message her and she'll do all the work for them. <laughs> and so Buffy says something about her feeling the wrath of Moo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we cut to Willow's room. Her laptop gets a notification. She starts messaging with them. And so the gang uh, sees the stuff she pulls up. There's other scenarios of the same children who have died every 50 years. They've never been seen alive, only dead. And it stems all the way back to 1649, where a cleric found the bodies of some kids. Mm-hmm. And, and I like how Xander at first is like, oh, that's not an article. Move on. And then it like loads the oh, picture. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, there they fucking are. Right. Because <laughs> that's that just really took me back to a time and place too, like something like that where you would click the text and then it would take like multiple minutes sometimes for the pictures to load. Uh, And you're like, okay, I guess this is broken. And they would load like line by line, like, (laughs) yes, (laughs) very funny. Uh, And uh, so, sorry, Uh, Willow's mom catches her on her laptop and she's like, I will not have you communicating with your cyber coven or what have you. (laughs) And Willow's like, I thought you thought I was delusional or acting out. And Sheila's like, oh, it seems I've been closed-minded. Willow says, you believe me? And she says, I do. Now all I can do is let you go with love. And Willow's like, what the fuck? And then she <laughs> locks the door. Yes. And, and so Willow's Which, locked into her room now. Interesting that Willow didn't escape through her exterior doors. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, what about the door Angel came through? They kind through? of are careful not to show that in this episode, I guess. But. Yep. I mean, it's uh, maybe... I don't because they would she boarded him up after angel broke in and killed her fish (laughs) possibly Uh, oh i wouldn't be surprised if she had done that anyway then uh giles has his epiphany about the fringe theory that some folk stories have actual and very real antecedents yes and buffy says is there some language in which that's english yes and oz is like fairy tales are real uh and buffy is like hans and greta hansel and gretel <laughs> but before that she's no she says hansel and gretel which i oh, think yeah, is very hansel. funny yes and uh because i've literally never heard an american person say and it xander like says it that way too <laughs> yeah and then 
Buffy's like, yeah, it's all falling into place. Of course, that place is nowhere near this place. <laughs> yes. She still doesn't get it. And then Giles talks about like the monster making or demons like that want to watch humans destroy each other and people get persecuted by a righteous mob. And then Xander's like, I'm going to trade my cow in for some beans. <laughs> yes. I thought that was so funny. That was pretty funny. He's like, while we're doing that, I'm going to head on down and trade my cow in for some beans. <laughs> He's like, nobody's seeing the funny in this still, huh? And then, uh, Ma- they're gonna go try to get Joyce to defuse the situation, and then Goth Kid comes in. Michael is his name. Yeah. Say his name, Michael the Goth Kid. Yes, uh, he says he was attacked by his dad and his friends, and they were talking about some kind of trial at City Hall. So they leave for Buffy's, mm-hmm. and uh, Willow's mom comes into her room, and Willow's like, "Mom, we have to talk." And uh, oh, actually, no. Sh- uh, Willow just opens the door when her mom is knocking and she sees a bunch of moo people out there. Her mom has a moo pin on now and she's like, get your coat. It's it's chilly out. She's like, what? And she's like, I said, get Get your your coat, coat, witch. And then they try to like, she tries to hold the door back and they're like trying to bust in. Yes. And then Buffy walks in on a moo meeting at her house. Joyce very, very easily knocks Buffy out with chloroform, (laughs) which makes no sense. And that's also like chloroform does not work that fast. Right, exactly. (laughs) Also, it was really comical to me that the kids are standing on the staircase with this bottle. A bottle labeled chloroform. chloroform, Like a huge (laughs) label. They're like, okay, the audience is not going to get it unless we show them this. We have to have this thing that looks like somebody printed it off at home that says chloroform. But uh, Buffy also sees them as she's passing out. And hears them say, you have to stop them. You have to make them go away forever. And then we see Oz and Xander at Willow's where it's been kind of like ransacked and it looks like no one's there. Uh, And then we cut to Buffy and Willow tied up to wooden stakes at uh, City Hall, I believe. Mm -hmm. And Amy is pleading with Buffy to wake up. Weird that they chose an indoor uh, place for this burning yeah, that is very weird that now that you mention it, should have been outdoors. Uh, okay, I guess it doesn't have a sprinkler system. Uh, yeah, I guess not. Anyway, uh, I think her mom says something like, there's no cure but the fire. <laughs> yes. And Amy's like, wake up, Buffy, wake up. And then we hear... Buffy, an- wake up. I don't like this. And then uh, we hear Cordelia saying, wake up, as she's smacking Giles <laughs> in the face and at Buffy's like, house. really like rearing back and just smacking yeah, the shit out of him. Yeah, she's hitting him hard. And like, she's like, took you long enough to wake up. My, My hand, hand hurts. <laughs> and then she said her mom confiscated all her clothes and, bla- and sent- black, uh, black clothes. clothes and scented candles. Uh-huh. And she's like, I came to tell Buffy to stop this and found you unconscious again. How many times have you been knocked out anyway? One time, one of these days you're going to wake up in a coma. <laughs> Uh, and just a reminder that we uh lost we we dropped the ball and then giles knocked out counter yes uh other people have done it it's okay the last one was revelations that i remember yes uh and giles is like wake up in a whatever we have to go we have to save buffy from hansel and gretel and uh, (laughs) and cordelia's like uh to be clear you got your brain damage before i hit you right and then they go back to city hall and xander and oz walk up on some moo dads and, <laughs> yes. and uh he says why so grim eh? 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 get eh. it no brothers grim oh <laughs> grim fairy tale eh. Eh. oh a flashback to buffy and beauty and the beasts eh. something about grim fairy tale anyway <laughs> uh so and which that's not a brother's grim tale i don't think 
Some French guy. Well, yeah. No, I'm talking about Buffy actually says those. Okay. Oh, wait, no. Sleeping Beauty is some French guy. I don't remember. Whatever. Ooh. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Oz is like, you guys know you're nuts, right? right? And so, so the men start to chase them. And then I wrote, this is Buffy. Wake up. Yeah, Buffy wakes up and she's like, Mom, you don't want this. And Joyce says, since when does it matter what I want? I wanted a normal, happy daughter. Instead, I got a slayer. And she, and Sheila looks at her and she's like, Torch? Uh-huh. And she's like, this has been really trying and you've been a trooper. We Let's should have, stay close and have, have lunch. lunch. <laughs> I'd like that. Uh, so they light the books on fire. They're really smacking us in the faith, face with it now. Right. And then uh, Amy... You want to fry a witch? What was Amy's plan? Also, why didn't she try to do anything witchy on them when they grabbed her? But like... Right. But her plan was to, to turn, turn herself, herself into, into a rat. rat. Did she do that on purpose? I, 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 well, she says the same spell that she used in uh, Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered. But she used it on herself. Anyway... That was weird. And then I like how um, Puffy well, was like, she couldn't do us first. Right. Well, the reason I say that is because like... Which would we, have been bad, apparently. She's just using the same spell and using it on herself. So it has to have been intention. Or may- I guess maybe she could have been trying to turn them into rats, but they already lit the fire. So... Yeah, that wouldn't have helped. So yeah, I I, I, I I share your maybe she just didn't confusion. realize or didn't consider. Oh wait, I won't be able to <laughs> turn magic myself, on myself back. as a rat. Yes. Um, but yeah, anyway... So she does the goddess Hecate thing, and uh, she I like how Buffy, while she's doing it, but he's like, uh oh. <laughs> yes. And then she's, she's mad. She couldn't do us first. Yes. Um, and and then, then Willow's like, another step. You'll see what we can do. Another step, and you'll feel my power. It's a really big power. And Buffy's like, what are you going to do? Float a pencil at him? And yes. then she's like, you'll, you'll all be turned into vermin. And, and fish. Some of you will be fish. Yes. You in the back will be fish. Yes. <laughs> that was so funny. Uh, and some guy's like, maybe we should go. <laughs> right. And then it doesn't really work. And then, Yeah, the uh, kids are like, but you promised you have to kill the bad goose. Oh, yeah. And then Cordelia's mixing up like a potion in Giles' car while he's trying to remember Which, incantation. Why couldn't Cordelia have driven? Because clearly yeah, Giles would've... is the one. Like, why is he trust- trusting Cordelia to make this like, oh, potion She probably thing? can't drive stick. Well, she, wouldn't her her car would have been at school probably, or at Buffy's house where John? Or yeah, was. At Buffy's house. Yeah. So anyway, sh- she, I feel like sh- she should have driven. Sh- 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 don't ask questions, don't Kyle. About him. <laughs> no, uh, no, those are really those are all really good points. Anyway, he tells her to get the toadstone, and she's like, "This doesn't look like a toad," uh-huh. and, and she smells it. Yes, and then he's like, "No reason it should. It came from inside the toad." And she's like, "I hate you." Yes. Uh, oh, and he mentions that this spell is going to make the demons appear in their true form by lifting a veil. He's trying to remember these words in German, and then uh, those books, which are burning very slowly. Yes, uh, and definitely not enough to kill a person. I don't. Well, probably could hurt you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably. Seems like it'd be a lot. You need a lot more books to actually. I agree. I don't know though. I'm not a. I'm not a pyromancer. <laughs> anyway, um, I like how uh, Buffy's like, "Mom, dead people are talking to you. Do the math." <laughs> oh, and before that, we see Oz and Xander like they're like, right, "We have to get inside," and then they hear Willow yell out for help, and they're like, "They're right above us," and they start to crawl through a vent. Yeah, and I was like, it didn't seem like they were upstairs. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess they could just be in, they could be crawling, but they're above us. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> and then, 
and then Giles is trying to break into the. She he grabs a bobby pin out of Cordelia's hair <laughs> to pick the lock, and she's like, "Wow, you were the youthful offender, weren't you?" Yes. You must just look back on that and cringe. Yes, that was very funny. Uh, there's more burning. Willow's like, "I can't take it. It's too hot." Uh, and Buffy apologizes and says, if it wasn't for me, none of this would have happened. And then Giles and Cordelia get in and she starts to get hope or whatever. And she, <laughs> Cordelia just like walks up to the thing and busts the glass with her elbow. Yeah. Like, like I said, when it, com- when it comes to it, Cordelia gets fucking shit done. She right. doesn't waste any fucking time. She ain't here to fuck around. And then she's, she's spraying the people. And she's like, yeah, you like that, bitch? And then, <laughs> and then Buffy's like, Cordelia, put out the fucking fire. <laughs> and she's like, oh, yeah. It's <laughs> so funny. Uh, and then um and then xander and oz are still crawling they, through the vents uh-huh and then uh giles, giles finishes his german spell. spell and then the kids turn into a hug monster uh, yeah they embrace and turn into a, this really tall ugly demon mm-hmm. and cordelia's like i think i like the two little ones more than the one <laughs> big one and it's like protect us kill the bad girls <laughs> yes and uh she's like not as convincing in that outfit and then she like she finally manages to break her stake thing yes and then she stabs it in the throat (laughs) yes she's like did i get it did Did i I get get it it? and you just see it with it stuck (laughs) to the demon's neck it's so funny and that's when oz and xander fall out of the vent and they're like we're here to save you yeah (laughs) but we did uh i did want to mention after the spell after Giles casts the spell and it turns into the demon, Joyce is like looking at the stakes and she's like, Oh my God. <laughs> right. Spell uh, is broken. Right. Uh, and so after, after Oz and Xander show up to save them, we cut to some other time in Willow's room with Buffy and Willow casting some kind of spell. Uh, Willow says her mom doesn't know about it. It's business as usual. She's doing that selective memory thing that your mom used to be so good at, which I'm glad that they're uh, mentioning that because I I kept talking about it all through season two. And uh, she, But she did remember the part about Willow dating a musician. <laughs> <laughs> right. So Oz has to come for dinner next week. So now her parent is a little bit more involved in her life. Yes. Uh, well, she's like, that's sort of like taking an interest, right? Uh mm-hmm. Zach's fun fact shows that that was a lie. <laughs> I mean, well, we don't know. We just don't see. Well, that's true. We don't know what happens off, sta- off stage, off screen. We sure don't. Uh, so they finish the spell and, it, you know, it, we can tell from what they're saying that they're trying to turn Amy back into a human, but it doesn't work. And the rat just kind of stands up and looks at their stuff. And, and I was like, why did she say Diana? Because that wasn't part of the spell. Yeah, you're right. But she says Diana Hecate, which... Those are two different goddesses, two different pantheons, even. <laughs> and uh, anyway. yeah, Diana is Roman and Hecate is Greek, right? Yeah, and I was, but I was like, why is she? What's Diana got to do with this? That was a part. Maybe that's why the spell's not working. Wasn't I want to say Amy invoked Artemis too in wh- who is Diana? No, she Roman did Diana. She did Diana in the um, bewitched, spotted, and bewildered. Oh, she didn't do Artemis. Did she do Aphrodite? I don't. I think she just did Diana. She did a. I thought she did some kind of mixture as well. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> maybe she did the Hecate thing with. In that one, I don't remember. She definitely have, has done Diana before, but not with the rat spell. Well, maybe they just needed the extra help from a god of a different culture, or that's why it didn't work. Or that's why it didn't work. Maybe Willow doesn't know not to mix pantheons. <laughs> anyway. Uh, they try, and this really um, computer-generated-looking smoke yes. is on the screen. 
and then uh, it doesn't work, and, and Buffy, they just look at each other, and Buffy's like, maybe, maybe we, we should get, get her one, one of those, those wheel thingies, thingies. and it, it cuts, cuts to credit. Out. That's so funny. So funny. And that is Gingerbread. Whew. Thank God we're done with that one. Mm. All right. Uh, I don't believe... Let's see. Yeah, no one really died in this episode. Amy got turned into a rat, but she's still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if we'll ever see her again. I wonder. She's been in every season so far. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll, we'll see. Maybe they'll have a little pet rat. So nice. let's move on to our steaks. As we go through the series, we're going to rate each episode from a, on a scale of one to ten steaks. Zach, how many steaks would you give this episode? I gave it six. Six. Only 0.5 less stakes than amends. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you care to elaborate? Um, I didn't hate it as much as I had previously hated it. I had for a long time skipped <laughs> this episode every time. Uh-huh. There are actually some pretty funny moments in this episode. Like, it's not unwatchable. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's just, like, a lot of annoying bits of it and, like, I, I and, and it's also very fillery. Like, oh yeah, literally nothing happens that advances the plot of the season. Yeah, the last like true filler episode we got was uh, Beauty and the Beasts because even Band mm-hmm. Candy had like the mayor stuff in it. And lovers, well, and walk... Beauty and the Beasts, she found Angel in the woods. Oh yeah, so that's at least true. something <laughs> happened that had you know. Uh huh. And this one, the only thing you could say is like a through line for the season is the mayor being there yeah and uh i mean it is and nice we do get some because he doesn't do anything and uh i know spoilers but you know if you couldn't tell from our cheeky stuff uh amy the rat will make a return and so mm. we wouldn't have that without this episode um i mean i guess and we get to see willow's mom for the first time like i'm just and saying a time. few Yes, <laughs> I, I like a few things like I'm glad that are in this episode, but I still don't like this episode. I'm giving it a 5.5 and the 0.5 is for Michael the Boy Witch mm. <laughs> because and poster child for yuck. I have never liked this episode. First of all, it just makes me uncomfortable and I don't re- I can't really put my finger on why. Maybe it was because I first saw this episode when I was uh, you know, in the middle of religious trauma being like I was the only say, atheist it's like I knew. basically about like religious persecution of people. Yeah. So I'm I'm sure that has something to do with my uncomfortableness with it. And today it feels all too real. It, yes. <laughs> it's a little bit like they would put a content warning on this episode today. Uh, and yeah, and uh, the plot is a little flimsy. I don't like seeing Joyce be the main bad guy, even though she's under the influence of a crazy spell. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like how I felt about seeing her that way in Ted. Like, it's like the whole, oh, someone else is influencing their action. It is. Yeah, it is kind of annoying to see characters like, uh, yeah, like the whole plot of like, this character is acting under the influence of something and that's not how they would normally act and it removes all their agency. Yeah, exactly. It's so much less interesting than them choosing to do something. Uh Uh-huh, I agree. And so, yeah, those are just a few reasons I don't like this episode. It does have, like, some great moments. I love the cow for beans. Mm -hmm. I love the the little close-up on Amy as the callback to Witch with the, my mom's not interested in my Mm -hmm. extracurricular Mm -hmm. activities. Mm -hmm. I love the, did I get it? Did I get it? Mm -hmm. But it's just not enough to, like, take away those weird, uncomfortable feelings and, like, the, the plot being kind of weird and stuff like that. 
So, so far, I actually think this has been the weakest episode of the season, even weaker than Beauty and the Beast. I mean, this has been a pretty strong season so far. Yeah, I agree. And which just like highlights like how much I don't like this even more. (laughs) And I actually like Demand. So this is my first stinker in a while. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't have called Demand's a stinker. I just don't care for it. Right. You only rated it 0.5 higher than this episode. I mean, I don't think six is a stinker. Oh, so you don't think... I think this one's a stinker. I mean, not... I, I would watch it and probably still have a good enough time because it's a Buffy episode, but... Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I concur. All right. Well, let's move on to the MVP. Who's the MVP of this episode? <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's Cordelia. I wrote Cordelia and Giles, but... Yeah, really Cordelia, Cordelia, I guess. She slaps Giles awake. And... Yeah, I mean, Giles does do the spell that, like, helps, you know, fix everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but mine is Cordelia, first of all, just because I love Cordelia. And also, you know, she gets the water hose. She she jumps right into action when she's needed, even though she still feels scorned by these people. Mm-hmm. So you're also going with Cordelia? Yeah. All right, double Cordelia's... All right, so now it's time for a brief queer analysis of the episode from our very own Zachary Ricard. I mean, I feel like we already kind of did this a little bit, Uh but uh, obvious parallels to censorship of queer material in libraries. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, of course, uh, which I, I think too is really, like we keep saying, it's what makes this uncomfortable to watch because it just feels like it like, could be a documentary. Yeah. If you took the magic out, it's like, oh, this is probably really going on somewhere in Texas. It's very satanic panic, too. Yeah. And it just made me think of our shitty little town. And there are, and... like, like specific, like, you know, it is specifically, like, the persecution of witches is partially, like, specifically queer mm-hmm. because there are, like, witches targeted quote unquote which is targeted because they are sapphic people mm-hmm. yeah yeah i wrote like kind of the idea of fear causing people to hurt other people especially people that are considered other yes so like because anytime anything goes wrong they're like it's the quiz well in the, the yeah this is the moral panic episode like those fucking idiots that were saying like katrina was because uh new orleans has a like a gay district. Yep, I remember that. It's <laughs> like that explains why San Francisco was wiped out all those years ago. Oh, yep, yep. And that I, big old earthquake we're overdue for. And then there was a joke I remember at the time because like apparently the gay district was like one of the only ones that didn't actually get destroyed. Huh. And so God hates the gay adjacent. <laughs> um, That's funny. So anyway, uh yeah, like so immeasurably stupid. Um but yeah, oh, there is some other stuff too, like from the beginning, that little one kind of uh, real moment that we had with Joyce before she was under a spell, oh, yeah. where it's like a parent oh, trying yeah. really hard to bond with her, like if Buffy was her queer kid. Yeah, it's like, a, I don't know, like a, a parent, like a grandpa going to like your drag show or something. Right, <laughs> or Leather Night or something. Uh, yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, like, I hadn't thought about it that way. Yes, queen, mama. <laughs> yes. Uh, and anyway, uh, <laughs> that was my imitation of a grandpa trying too hard. Yes, um, queen, mama. So, uh, yeah, like that kind of idea of like the parent, like trying to sort of like insert themselves into this world that 
that the kid is kind of like, well, this is sort of mine. <laughs> like just sort of trying to be aggressively accepting. Which could even, if you zoom back further, could be like all this thing about like straight people inserting themselves into queer spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, gay bars and like pride events and like them coming to pride events and then be like, I didn't like how the man was dressed as a pony because my little kid's on. And it's like, <laughs> right. like maybe don't bring your kid to fetish week. Oh, that's week. true. It's because she came on this thing that she started being influenced by the demon. Yeah. So, and you know, and then of course, Joyce at the end, self-righteous asshole parents who think they can punish the gay out of their children. Uh, yeah, because she's like, uh, how uh, you've been playing with these terrible forces. What kind of mother would I be if I didn't punish you? Exactly. So we get a real rainbow of turd <laughs> from Joyce this episode. <laughs> we sure do. And guess what? None of it's her fault. Yep. Which makes it boring <laughs> yes no character development for joyce except except the whole thing with her like wanting to join I mean, on, in buffy's life. i do i i i i have been like kind of shitty on this but i also do kind of enjoy the the idea of being able to like paint outside the lines with a character but then like not ruin the character you uh-huh. know what i mean like i i get why that i get that function too so like if there are people out there who are like but it's letting us explore, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I get that. Like, it's but fine. But we also did that in a very recent episode, The Wish. And mm-hmm. it didn't feel like as, I don't know. Right, exactly. It, it wasn't It wasn't like they took the agency away from people. It was like they just changed they something. Used, yeah, they, they, so the way that they acted ended up being different because of their circumstances, yeah. not because they were under the influence of magic. Exactly. But anyway... So that is my very um, uh, wandering queer analysis. Yes. <laughs> so it's time for the gayest moment, Kyle. What is the gayest moment? Uh, creating lapel pins with your acronym, Moo. <laughs> <laughs> I just think, first of all, a gay would have those lapel pins out. They'd be like, mm. "We're Moo. Here you go." There was a there was a gay in Moo, and they created those lapel pins. I don't know if I would give a gay credit for those lapel pins. They were kind of ugly. Uh, not all gays have style. Not all gays are graphic designers, Zachary. That's if I made a Moo lapel pin, it would be gross. <laughs> it would be ugly. <laughs> <laughs> He's up here with Times New Roman. You've seen my Instagram posts. I am not a graphic designer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, neither am I. Uh, so that's l- lapel pins with your acronym Moo. That's the gayest moment of the episode to me. All right, fair enough. So Zach, do you want to tell people where they can find us? Find us? Find us? Please do not we go. find us. Yeah, we don't have we any money enough. for you. We haven't <laughs> the money, and even if we did, we wouldn't pay it. Uh, we would <laughs> we would just hire our lawyers to get us out of it, like rich people. Oh just yeah, kidding. our our fancy New York lawyers. Mm, yeah, because they're so rich. Uh, <laughs> anyway that was it for gingerbread thank you for listening if you liked what you heard make sure you follow us on spotify apple or wherever you get your podcast it really does help us to leave those um ratings and reviews if you can yes please uh and we'd love to read them on the show as well um you can also follow us on instagram twitter and tiktok at buffy gaze pod and you can also reach out to us through our email at buffygaze at gmail.com you can leave a voice or text message at anchor.fm slash buffy gaze and please share us with your friends we would love to have more of you listening along with us we love uh, to interact with you we love hearing your thoughts please write in let us know what you're thinking about our thoughts tell us if uh, we missed something that you were, you thought about about the episodes this 
has been season three, episode 11 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Join us next week and join a special guest next week for episode 12, Helpless. Helpless. It's a big one. Until then, I'm Kyle. And I am Zach. And we are your bunny Bunny gays. gays. (laughs) (laughs) Happy slaying. Uh, Bye-bye. Goodbye. Oh, apparently the town that they film a lot of... Okay, it's going insane.